We Are Three are three women entrepreneurs, therapists, and authors who witness the powerful impact of blending Eastern spiritual practices with Western psychology. They use diverse practices, philosophies, and theoretical perspectives to provide their clients and listeners with opportunities to learn, grow, and heal moving wounds to wellness. With their raw, risky, and real framework, they provide a safe place for relaxation, connection, and a means to let one's guard down. They share their real stories, tips, and practices to tap into healing potential. Please let me introduce the We Are Three trio of Carmen Jelly, Suzanne Rochon, and Natalie LaBelle. Well, hello and welcome to We Are Three podcast today. We are Natalie, Suzanne, and Carmen. In today's episode, we will explore how to live with contentment in our present world. We will examine how we maintain health, contentment, calm, and inner peace as we experience the natural emotions of confusion, frustration, and perhaps anger. During times like this, it is natural to feel afraid or anxious, but being consumed by fear causes wear and tear on our mental, emotional health and our bodies. Today, we'd like to explore how do we balance our inner calm when we feel chaotic, the qualities of inner strength, stability, and resilience. Sounds like a lot to cover, girls. It does. It's a lot. Yeah, but we are it's a lot to cover. <laughs> yes. But we are raw, risky, and real. That's right. <laughs> So we, we're going to try this. Yeah. And I, I, I feel this week and ebbs and flows in the past six months, and sometimes we can feel immobilized and ineffective with coping strategies that we usually use to make ourselves mm -hmm. feel calm, it's particularly when we're, we can't connect to loved ones or external resources like the gym or other other you know activities that light us up yeah prior go-to yeah coping strategies right they're yeah. kind of been definitely impacted and yeah and i think people are yeah. asking themselves that question how is it even okay to feel calm and peace right now yes and i think it's especially important for us to talk about this today because we're coming on to the Thanksgiving weekend. And, and, and part of our reason for wanting to, to chat about it today is really because, you know, we're, we're feeling that very, very strong desire to connect to our loved ones. And, and it's certainly what we're hearing from, you know, either the people that we work with or, um, you know, from other people um, that, that we connect with. But we're in a you know, we're sort of in uh, a situation where that's, we need to make some very, very difficult decisions. So we're feeling <laughs> maybe that little bit of imbalance within mm -hmm. ourselves and, and, and recognizing and hoping to support um, our listeners 
in being okay with the decisions um, that, you know, that they have to make, um, keeping that sense of peace, of calm, while all of this is happening. Mm -hmm. I really like what you said, Carmen, the question of, is it okay to feel calm and peace, right? Because it's almost like if I feel calm and peace, does that mean I'm approving or, you know, okay with what's happening right now? Yeah. Which we're feeling grief too, right? When we're grieving the loss, different losses, it feels almost off to be calm and peaceful in those times, right? Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that the last couple of weeks and how to, how to dance, how to do that dance. And on the, on the surface, it's natural to feel frustration, agitation, all the emotions associated with grief. Yet, yet connect with a calm core internally and still allow yourself to feel frustration, for example. I think that that is, is possible when, but it takes some practice. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's that dialect, dialect, dialectical stance, right? Yeah. That we can actually do both. It's yeah. not one or the other, but we tend to forget and we are very binary in how we think, very black or white. And so try to say it is possible to try to um, conjure up some calm and peace while also recognizing the frustration, the disappointment, the uncertainty, the anxiety, whatever it is in that moment that's coming up. And like you said, Suzanne, making those difficult decisions, you know, those are also weighing on people. So again, I think it is important to try to figure out how to access that inner peace that Carmen was talking about. Yeah. And I think the point that you raise, Nat, is really important and, and maybe something that we want to highlight for our listeners is that we can simultaneously have those opposing um, feelings. And it's not, and, and it's okay. It's okay to have, um, you know, to, to, to have that sense of, of calm while you're also in um, in a difficult emotional state, whatever that is. So it's not unusual. In fact, you know, um, we would probably encourage um, ourselves and others um, to, to 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 feel to just feel those those opposing emotions because they're there for us. And, and, and they represent, you know, really um, the, 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 the spectrum of, um, of, of, what we're, of what we're feeling. So, so, so I think the point is, um, it's okay. It's not odd. It's, it's actually, you know, and I don't like to use the word normal, but it's, it's typical. And in a way, we're probably all feeling that way. Yeah, well, it's, it's not natural. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's natural. natural. It's it's not pathological. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and for me I sometimes think you know what 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 part of me is having difficulty with this? You know, because we all have many different parts. Not only do we have this natural authentic 
healthy self. We have other selves that are part of our personalities. And so if I let one of those parts take over my, my day or my show today, then, then maybe I will be more angry or I will be more uh, fearful or, and, and anxious. But if I can find my calm, if I can ground myself, those emotions can relax or soften a little bit. Mm -hmm. When we think of internal family systems, you know, our, our, our calm comes from our authentic self, our, you know, um, that theory talks about eight C's, you know, the eight capital C's, which are qualities of inner strength, stability, and resilience. And when you think about it, when you are connected and calm, the eight C's are calm, connection, compassion, creativity, clarity, curiosity, confidence, and courage. And I think those are really important concepts to explore and to expand on right now. It's like we want to, it's like living with, leading with your heart, your heart and mind are, are connected and working together rather than your mind leading with these fearful thoughts. And let's face it, that's really tricky right now. It is really really tricky. tricky. Yeah. We don't really have a roadmap for what's going on right now. And then with the, you know, seems like we're coming into a second wave, which is anxiety provoking in itself. And we all kind of have an idea of what might, what might come next. And it wasn't easy to navigate the first time. So, you know, I think everybody's levels of, anxiety are definitely up right now i was also thinking in terms of the of maslow's hierarchy of needs you know how how much all of these there's kind of an overlapping of different needs being impacted like our basic physiological needs Mm -hmm. you know the fear of our health and um you know not quite feeling as safe as we security the bottom basic need yes and then the safety needs are kind of going in there too right because we are not feeling as safe as we did and not able then the loneliness and connection like the love and belonging the next one like they're all kind of overlapping because they've all been impacted in some way or another and so that insecurities i'm kind of almost visualizing it really triangle right now yeah like the lines are all blurry and yeah and the top of that is self-actualization you know what does that mean it kind of means being the best self you can be or your authentic self like i just talked about and holding all those c words together Mm -hmm. so if our if our sense of safety and, and and connection is at risk then it's it's really hard to be you know sort of at the top of that pyramid Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of us are Carmen I want to go go ahead Sue. I was just going to say Carmen I want to go back to the eight C's that you talked about because I think they're pretty it's a pretty powerful tool to use and I wonder if we can offer um, you know sort of a, of a suggestion on how to use um, the eight C's and how to work with them 
to create that sense of, of, of balance and, and to regain that sense of calm and peacefulness that, that we're seeking. I think it's important. I think the, the, the top three C's for me uh, that I talk to clients with a lot are curiosity, clarity, and compassion. And I think we really need to have that with, with each other, with ourselves, with our family right now. Um, because we're, we all are feeling different things and believing different things about what's happening. So one, be curious. What, what does that look like? Curiosity is the first step in acceptance or making any kind of changes. So we need to be able to turn inwards and inquire within ourselves to see what we are actually doing before we can make changes to get where we want to go. So if we, if we aren't curious, we're usually judgmental, right? We're judging other people and their decisions. So the curiosity helps us be non-judgmental. I love that. And if we link that back to, um, you know, sort of our earlier conversation, um, uh, you know, around um, sort of the, 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 the opposing emotions, the opposing sort of feelings that are coming up for us, rather than judging them, what I'm hearing you say is, let's just be curious about them. Why are they showing up? What are they there for? And the curiosity um, allows us, like you say, to move away from that judgmental stance that we have often with ourselves, but others as well, and just creates a pathway to compassion and creates um, the space to be able to hold whatever, whatever we're doing, whatever those decisions are that we need to make or that others need to make with a sense of compassion. Yeah. Even from the sense the go ahead, Nat. I was thinking about the curiosity kind of thing makes me think of beginner's mind. Beginner's mind is curious and observes and asks questions and the expert mind is judgmental because they feel going back to those difficult decisions, everybody's got to make decisions that resonates for them and that suits their individual needs. And the expert mindset might decide that the other person doesn't know what they're doing or handling it wrong and so becomes judgmental. So to stay curious, we have to stay in that kind of mindset, definitely. Curiosity is a good first step. And for our listeners, if you hear us sort of talking over each other it's because once again we're connecting virtually and in that awkward space of, of um, you know not being able to to be connected physically so bear with us and I think what naturally flows from curiosity is, is clarity clarity comes from curiosity if we if i'm open to turning inward and exploring my patterns then i begin to understand why i do things why i say things why i'm feeling a certain way behaving a certain way and we can if we are curious about other people we'll we'll see that in them too so clarity is about developing an observer self just like natalie said that part of us that that can sort of stand back and take the, the bigger picture, the, the balcony view, rather than being 
stuck on the dance floor doing the same dance. So that part of us offers a perspective that, that can somehow surpass our fear or our narrow, our narrow viewpoint or perspective. So cl clarity. I like clarity and, and it actually reminds me, you know, it, when we enter into clarity, it also creates the space to not take things personally. Um, and, um, and our, our listeners won't see, won't see this because uh, it's, it's an audio recording. Um, but, uh, as I look at you, Nat, uh, and the wall piece, uh, behind you, it's the four agreements. Um, mm -hmm. and it speaks to, you know, don't take any, anything personally, don't make any assumptions and always do your best. And I think those are some of the cornerstones of what we're talking about today. Um, especially, I mean, they're cornerstones for everyday life, but I think they become even more important um, in these really, you know, tumultuous and, and difficult times for us. Mm -hmm. I love that, Sonia. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely try to aspire to invoking those four agreements in the different areas of life and I think one of the things that kind of prompted us to discuss kind of balancing and finding calm is we've all three of us individually in our lives been very busy and trying to navigate different things. And I know that my body kind of caught up with me this week and said, you know, good little reminder that I'm not the energizer bunny and I do need to reset and recharge. And again, I had fallen away from my practice, you know, my, uh, taking time for some calm during the day, doing my meditative practice, that kind of all fell by the wayside. And I think it's interesting that when things get so busy is when we tend to drop the things that are most helpful to yeah. stay, to try to, you know, promote and cultivate as like a steady rooted stance where I can still be flexible and adaptable, but grounding myself on a daily basis and I definitely yeah. missed it noticed it right connected to your core your seeds connected to your qualities of inner strength and stability yeah yeah that falls off the wayside when we get busy and so that's a quick reminder for all of us yeah yeah it reminds me of what you yes. said if you don't have time for a 10 minute meditation then do a 30 minute meditation yeah <laughs> sorry Sue <laughs> Let, let me pick up Nat on the, the piece where you talked about, you know, your body was sort of giving you some signs and that's a way, um, looking to your body for feedback is actually a way of building resilience, right? Mm -hmm. Because our, our body has that innate wisdom. Mm -hmm. And when we're not able to, um, uh, to, to put the limitations that we need on our on ourselves and on our life our body mm -hmm. seems to do it for us so so when we think of ways of you know building um, that resilience within ourselves listening for those subtle cues from our bodies connecting back to the body is super mm -hmm. important because at the end of the day if we don't do that 
the cues are going to get are are going to get less and less subtle. And you know, we're going to wake up one morning and yeah, we're we're just not going to get out of bed today because <laughs> so so exactly. it really is yeah yeah. So the going body, inside, like you said, Carmen, the body mm. keeps the score, doesn't it? And it, it does, yeah. And when we are just ignoring the signs, then the body's going to step in because there's, you know, it's so connected that that bilateral vagus nerve is all going to make sure we get the message <laughs> loud and clear. So in chaotic times, like now with the COVID and the unpredictability and uncertainty, there's more cortisol flooding our system. The stress hormone impacts our memory, impacts our health. Mm -hmm. And so it's even more important to create the your inner resilience through whatever practice works for you right mindfulness or meditation or running or horseback riding or reading whatever it is but instill install some habits yeah and and you know some of the signs like you said is when we're not kind of with the cortisol constantly running like for myself you know, my partner, the kids were like, we're talking to you and you're not hearing us because five minutes later you ask us a question what we just told you kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, because I'm not present. There's so many things running mm. through. Again, you know, to, to calm down that cortisol because that's not effective. There's no point of focus, right? It does impact your recall memory when it floods your system. And so, yeah becoming present means you know being curious so they, that curiosity leads to the clarity and then mm -hmm. that can lead to compassion for yourself and others mm -hmm. and, you know suzanne mentioned that before um the definition of compassion from 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 internal family systems systems is you know compassion naturally arises after curiosity and clarity are are on board for most of us, compassion is a foreign concept, self-compassion even more foreign, it's because we're used to reacting rather than responding. We're used to reacting to life by trying to control everything. And we can't control anything right now. So we have no grace towards ourselves or other people about how hard it is to live lives these days when we're not compassionate. So compassion is one of the most important qualities of being grounded and resilient and living in your authentic self or, or your, from your heart center, so to speak. Um, so it's something I find both myself and clients struggling with constantly right now, but a good reminder that it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's powerful and it's important. So yeah, it's, you know, a yeah. lot of work right now and unblending the, the fear and the inner critics and the part of me that wants to manage my life and control my life. And, you know, those important parts of me that I have to sort of have compassion for right now. Mm -hmm. I, I really like how you said and, that, Carl. I was thinking about how we, compassion is remembering that everybody's going to respond differently and that's okay. And not judging everybody's other people's responses to grief, to this difficult time, because that's showing up more and more and it's so divisive and disconnecting and it's not a helpful thing. 
it just adds one more layer of the difficulty we're feeling. So definitely remembering that grief is grief. Everybody responds differently and that's okay. Everybody's going to do what they need to do. And that's kind of where we are right now, I think. It's something to remember at the forefront. Exactly. Yeah. And that helps us to not take it personally when we recognize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, way to tie that together. Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think about, you know, when, when we're with our partners and they start acting weird and they're having a bigger reaction than we feel is appropriate for the situation. We can respond two ways is we can judge, be judgmental and respond back to that escalation or I'm not sure the word I'm looking for. Or we could sit back and use our compassion to recognize they're acting a little bit weird. This is not like them. So there must be something going on so that we can breathe and help them to figure that out rather than letting our egos bite back. You know what I mean? So this is at a, at a bigger scale. Compassion really does allow us to give charity to the other person. We're all struggling right now. And that's gonna show up differently for everybody. Give charity. I love the way you said that. So compassion is like a gift. It's a gift mm -hmm. to, to me and it's a gift to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what you just described, Nat, is the pause that we've talked about so often, right? So even if it's a second or two before the reaction, because the pause actually allows you to go in to a, a, a response and not a reaction. And that's where, and I loved the gift of compassion, that's where you find um, the gift of compassion. Yeah, and freedom. There's so much freedom in knowing that you're choosing your response rather than you know, being a prisoner of your automatic reactions. It's, that's mastery, and it feels really good. The more you, you notice it, the better you feel, and it does increase that sense of self and confidence in self. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so engage in practices that make us feel that way. And even a simple practice of three short breaths and long with long exhalations can make us feel grounded and, and calm, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's two other ways. Um, a second one is, is to, is to tune into or turn into your a memory that you have of what a time when you felt really you had grit and you're on fire and you were you know um feeling good about yourself so think about that and sometimes those memories can really help us with return to faith return to courage return to those other c words so just thinking about successes that you've had, like I've been through this mm -hmm. things, worse things than this, you know, whatever it is for you, but reflect on your memory. Um, yeah, almost like a time where you didn't think you would get through it. You yeah. can imagine and you did. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. And a third way is, is to, to turn into a feeling of being cared for remember a time where you were cared for and you were okay. Yeah, so that helps with your own, I think your own, your own self nurturer, mm -hmm. you know, that, that part of us that 
um, may not feel very nurtured right now. So just remember a time when you felt that and just sit in that feeling mm-hmm. for a little while can, can be beneficial too. So I, I, it's sometimes called um, tend and befriend. So tend and befriend those old memories um, rather than reacting like you just mentioned, Natalie. When we react, we're, we're in fight or flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. And so instead of instead of reacting, just tend and befriend some positive memories and our experiences that we have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a taste, might, of, taste of victory, right? We've had those tastes of victories before. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes it's difficult to access those memories. Maybe it's the first step, like you said, the breathing is to, mm-hmm. if we're in fight or flight, or if we're in freeze, which means that we are no longer in a fully integrated brain. And so the first step would be to, it's easier to try to calm our body so that it can send the cues to the brain that we're okay, we're safe, and then go to that next step of accessing the wisdom of ourselves. But it's hard to do that when we're in hyper or hypoarousal, right? So it's really important to try to figure out ways to ground, figuring out your information and what works best for you because not everybody has those same the same strategies that'll work to ground and to calm, right? So it's really practicing on a daily basis so you know if this works and this doesn't work. So you have access to it when it really matters. Yeah. I love what you said, Nat, about accessing the, the wisdom of our bodies because there really is this the the belief, I think, in all three of us that we all hold that innate wisdom Mm -hmm. and it's always there and sometimes it's not easily accessible but it is accessible through some of the practices that we've just talked about Mm -hmm. yeah and it's through our own personal practices and developing ourselves that we're also doing it for the good of the world as well and for you know we do it for ourselves but we're doing it for the the safety of all others as well so that sense of community right now, if we're, we're feeling that we don't have a strong sense of community, know that working on yourself is really important because you're going to show up in a better space when you, when you engage in conversations with people that you care for. Yeah. I think that's a really key point, Carmen, because you know, and we've talked about this before, like so often, um, you know, we look to help and heal others um, when, you know, we've always said, go inside, go back to self, and that's where the healing begins. And, um, you know, and, and there certainly are philosophies that believe that when you, when you heal yourself, you heal you know, six or seven generations back, but also six or seven generations forward. So when you heal yourself and change yourself as best as you can, again, always without pressure and always with compassion, but when you do it as best as you can, then the people that, um, you know, that you're closest to or the people that you interact actually have no choice but to meet you in your new space so so they change as well through our own self-transformation mm-hmm. 
Mm. Teaching and doing. Really good point. Mm -hmm. And also a, a great teaching of this pandemic is uh, the only way we will solve this is, it, is if we cooperate in community. So I think that all those, you know, the kindness, the curiosity, the compassion will bring us to a, a safer way of connecting and communicating. You know, I've seen a lot of different um, social media comments and disputes or different points of view and, and, you know, it, 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 it rattles me a little bit. Right. And so I have to find my calm place, but it's just like, okay, so I can find my calm place. Then I know we all can do that. And it's so important mm -hmm. to really look for that calm and sense of community and connecting in a positive way right now, because people are like the four agreements are doing the best that they can. Yeah. And we have to remember that. And, you know, sometimes people may not be doing but if we assume they are because we don't know whether they are or aren't anyway because we don't we don't we're not privy to other people's internal dialogues and narratives we don't know what they are actually doing or feeling so if we assume that they're doing the best rather than assuming they're not it opens up to that whole idea of the compassion right it's more kind because we're able to stay out of that judgmental stance when we you know, mm -hmm. I had a client today who, you know, tried to set boundaries last week and she was really proud, but then it turned out to be something kind of serious. And then she felt bad and, you know, I should have helped. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't know then what you knew now. And you had valid reasons for not being able to help. And that was what you chose to do in that time. But now you have information that you didn't have then. So we could definitely argue that we did the best that you could with the information you had at the time. Mm -hmm. Right? So having self-compassion right now, mm -hmm. how important is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's Maya Angelou who said, um, when you know better, you do better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And when we don't know, we don't know. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons, you know, grandparents and I'm thinking great grandparents, they have so much knowledge and wisdom. And you often hear, you know, my, my parents are not the way they were with me with grandkids and, you know, but it's like, yeah, because I can vouch for that. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. know a lot more than they did. Mm -hmm. They know now what they didn't know then. So well, life is yeah. So what we, we need as humans for connection is that I, I'm present with you. I'm present. I'm not scattered. I'm not, I don't have broken focus, but I'm present. And so with, with young children, we know we need that presence, that attunement. And like what you just mm -hmm. said, Natalie, sometimes as young parents, you are by definition just scattered because there's so much going on and we can all get into that place Yes. yes. Um, with our busyness and wearing exhaustion as an honor badge, et cetera. So that's also something that this pandemic has, has beautifully done in a sense is that, okay, it's okay to pause and do some yeah. self-reflecting and how do I want to show up now? How do I want to it show up? It definitely forced things to, to slow down. It was a, a, almost like a forced pause globally. Yeah. You know, when you saw pictures of the freeways and the busiest cities just at a still, it's like, 
the global reset almost. Well, I think that's the part of the discomfort that we're feeling with this pandemic is it's actually forcing us to do things differently at a pace that we may not have chosen for ourselves. So, so there's, there's a sense that we're being moved in a direction and, um, and, and there's resistance because as humans, we resist, right? So that's part of the suffering that we're seeing. And that's part of the discomfort that we're seeing is we're being pushed, pushed in a direction that we, you know, we may not have chosen um, and, um, and, and we're not, we're just not there. We're not comfortable with it. I think of what Carmen said about the, you know, wearing exhaustion, like a bear, uh, a badge of honor. This is pretty instilled in us. Busyness is the expectation and that's busyness is kind of indicative of success and, and, uh, a respectable individual and all those things. And so, and busyness is a coping strategy. A lot of people too. Well, you know, I did some soul searching on that recently, personally, and I think there's an important distinction, you know, and, and some good self-inquiry skills to do when you when you're sensing that in yourself, right? Am I doing this because it's my natural, authentic me? Like I have a nat, I'm an extrovert. I have an, uh, a natural energy of getting things done and moving things forward. That's kind of natural. Um, so the reflection, why am I doing this? Because it's yeah, important, it's important to set goals. It's important to accomplish things, but am I doing, where is that coming from? Is it coming from my authentic place or is it coming from another part of me that, that needs, that thinks I need that to be, or to be loved or to be attached or, you know, what are the reasons? So digging, looking inward to ourselves for our, our own reasons, I think is really important too. 100%, you know, that's exactly it. The motivation, am I doing this as an authentic desire to do, or is it as a way to meet an attachment need? Yeah, so it's internal versus external kind of reasons yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. And it's a good forced pause as well, right? And, and, I'm, and I've noticed sometimes it is, it's, it's my authentic part. I need, I want this, it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Or it isn't, it's something else. And then it's like, okay. Uh, can I let this go? Is, yeah. When it, when is enough enough? Mm -hmm. And it might meet both. Sometimes it could be like I authentically want this, and bonus, it also meets one of my <laughs> attachment needs. So win win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. We've we've come full circle to the beginning of our conversation, right? Yeah. It's okay to have those opposing forces within us. Yeah. yeah. Well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's the thing is radical acceptance of all of our emotions, recognizing that they, they will be sometimes seeming opposing. That is the kind of cornerstone to building authentic, like joy and, and resilience. Mm. You know, resilience is requires adaptability, flexibility. And I think, yeah, yeah, being, being vulnerable, which is bringing up courage. Courage is coming up for me right now, and maybe that's a great way yes. to end our segment. Is just, you know, what does courage mean to you? You know, what does it mean to us? How do we show up and have courageous conversations? 
right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe leaving with Susan David's quote on courage, courage is not the absence of fear, courage is fear walking. Mm, that's a beautiful way to end, Nat. Mm. Yeah. We'll leave our listeners with the courage that they need to get through this. We've enjoyed our conversation today. We have. Uh, and we are three. Suzanne, Natalie, and Carmen. We are three. Body, mind, and soul. We are three, raw, risky, and real.